On the resurrection morning When all the dead in Christ shall rise I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Eternal soul In weakness, raised in power Ready to live in paradise I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed of God Never There'll be no more sorrow No, no more pain There'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In of his likeness Ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord I'll have a new life Eternal Free From every imperfection Youthful and happy I shall be Lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Oh yes, I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never sad There'll be no more sorrow No more pain There'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In his likeness Ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Trump of God shall sound. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal grace. All bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the reading of God to stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness of this likeness Ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Welcome to the Passion for Christ show So glad to have you, friend Hey, I just want to let you know I'm part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in him alone I find peace, joy, happiness. I am blessed beyond measure more than I ever deserve. I'm your host, Bruce Gessler. Welcome, 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 friend. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about the ever-present comforter. The ever-present comforter. Folks in this world, pain that a lot of us are feeling right now, we need to know about this ever-present comforter. But before we get to that study, a few things along the way. And the first is Headline News. Well, get this, folks. We've been talking about this for last several weeks. On Thursday, a federal judge denied the Biden administration's request to immediately block Texas heartbeat abortion ban, saying the law represents complex issues that require presentations by both sides in court. 
U.S. District Judge Robert Pittman, a nominee of President Barack Obama, issued a one-page ruling denying the Department of Justice request to expedite the meeting and examining the constitutional law, which went in effect in September the 1st. Pittman had scheduled a hearing on the law on October 1st, but the Department of Justice, not wanting to wait that long, requested an expedited schedule for court date September the 21st. The DOJ's motion for expedited briefing schedule was denied. The law in question requires abortion clinics to test for fetal heartbeat and prohibits an abortion if one is detected. Typically, that's around six weeks of pregnancy. Texas Right to Life said this week it expects Pittman eventually to side with the Department of Justice. The organization also said it will continue to defend the law. There you go, folks. There you go. Judge refuses to immediately block Texas heartbeat ban as most abortions come to Hall. My oh my, folks. My oh my. Well, get this. We've been following this along the way as well. A high school coach who was fired for, for praying at the 50-yard line after football games is asking the Supreme Court to get involved and protect not only his religious liberty, but also the freedoms of thousands of other teachers in the region. If you remember, Joe Kennedy, whose case gained nationwide attention, was not retained as an assistant coach by Bremerton, Washington High School following the 2015 season after he prayed multiple times in violation of a district policy. Kennedy's post-game player, let me read that again, Kennedy's post-game prayers typically involve him kneeling silently at midfield. Kennedy lost his case at the District Court and at the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The Supreme Court declined in 2019 to get involved, although four of the justices expressed openness to hearing the case at a later date after the lower courts better developed the record. First Liberty Institute, which represents Kennedy, hopes the high court is ready at this time. No American should be forced to choose between their faith and the job they love. The Ninth Circuit's opinion threatens the rights of millions of Americans who simply want to be able to freely exercise their faith without fear of losing their their jobs. Amen, folks. Coach fired for post-game prayer takes case to Supreme Court. Right this wrong, they ask. And I would uh, say that they're probably correct here. It's my humbled opinion anyway, folks. But there you have it. Now get this. You may not know, I may not heard of this Young lady, 19-year-old Ann Wilson loves the stars, loves the television show The Walking Dead, 
and loves her morning cup of vanilla iced coffee from Dunkin'. I feel like it's just straight from God. It's like he blesses that coffee in particular. More than anything, Wilson says she loves Jesus. As the teenager from Central Kentucky explains, in My Jesus, her debut recording that recently hit number one on the Billboard chart for Christian music. Again, that's her song, My Jesus, went to number one. Bluesy gospel ballad success doesn't end there. The official video has been viewed six million times on YouTube. Live version of the song has been viewed 2.5 million times on Facebook. A live EP from Wilson, which includes My Jesus, has been streamed more than 37 million times. But through My Jesus is not a triumphal call to follow the Lord. Written after Wilson's brother was killed in an accident four years ago, the song reaches out to those who are going through difficult times. And that it may be a hit for the COVID-19 era. Are you past a point of weary? The opening lines of the song ask. Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. The song is dedicated to the loving memory of my beloved big brother, Jacob. Thank you, Jacob, for always encouraging us to praise God, work hard, and always be kind. The success of My Jesus caught her by surprise. It's been a whirlwind of emotions, she said. Just thankfulness and gratefulness. Watching God take my story, which was something so broken, and turning it into something so beautiful. Well, there you go, folks. Meet Ann Wilson, a 19-year-old singer behind My Jesus. A surprise Christian hit. Well, there you go, folks. That's our headline news for this broadcast. And now, this day in church history. Final words, 1901. William McKinley, a Methodist, became the 25th president of the United States in 1897. Six months into his second term on September 6, 1901, assassin Leon Chugas fired two shots into McKinley's abdomen. The president developed gangrene and died in the wee hours of September the 14th. Antibiotics had not yet been discovered. His last audible words were a quote from the hymn, Nearer, my God, to thee. Wireless communication was not yet in widespread use, which explains the following dispatch from New York, dated on this day, September 1901. The 250 passengers of the American line of Belgravia from Hamburg, which arrived this afternoon at Hoboken, as the clock struck 3.30, received the sorrowful intelligence of the president's death 
and funeral services. Instantly, everyone stopped and stood for five minutes with uncovered head. While the people waited, the band on the steamer, Pennsylvania, lying alongside, played Frederick Chopin's Funeral March and a quartet saying, Nearer, my God, to thee. And that's this day in church history. And now, folks, we have a little bit of fun. And name that Bible character. Here is your clue. Here is your clue. I shot Absalom through the heart with three darts. Who am I? Here's your clue one more time. I shot Absalom through the heart with three darts. Who am I? We'll reveal the answer to this tantalizing clue following our study segment. So stay tuned, folks, for that exciting reveal and our final segment of Name That Bible Character. Well, folks, now it's time for our study segment here and our broadcast. So get you a cup of coffee or hot tea or a cold drink. Pull up a chair. Get in your sofa. Get your Bible. And let's study from God's powerful and fantastic word. Our study today is called the Ever-Present Comforter. We've been talking about the God of all comfort out of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It was interesting that we learned that the word comforter comes from the Greek word periklesis. And it's not just about sympathy, but it's deeper and more involved than that. It's the idea of coming alongside. It's the idea of strengthening empowering, being and becoming brave and courageous. And this is what Jesus is doing for us every day that we live. Isaiah chapter 53 points to the Messiah who would enter our world, wounded for our transgressions, taking on stripes for our healing. Isaiah 53 in verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. A chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are Healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Luke chapter 2 points to the fulfillment of that prophecy of who Jesus was. And uh, Luke chapter 2 in verse 25 
It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout. Listen, folks, waiting for the consolation, the paraclesis of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. They were looking forward to that day, and Jesus has and is that great comforter, that great encourager, that powerful paraclesis that comes and calls us alongside a coming together, the ever-present comforter in our lives, enduring our pain and suffering that we will most certainly endure. So it's good for us to examine this great comforter, the consolation of Israel, to examine his response to pain. Because if we can look at his life and look at his example, then that would also help us as we face the battles and face persecution and sufferings and pain in our lives. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 and we'll start in verse 20. Verse 20 through 25. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, that is commendable before God. For to this you were called because Christ offered also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sin might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed for you were like sheep going astray but now return to the shepherd and overseer of your souls amen folks isn't it promising all of this jesus is an example an example of one who suffers humbly an example of one who is suffering and accepts the pain continues to do good, continues to commit himself to him who judges righteousness, despite not having done anything to earn it or deserve it. Jesus has come to take on that pain for us. He never promised that we would never experience pain. That's why Peter here is talking about we should follow in his, set, in his steps. He says, he says very simply, when you do good and suffer and do so patiently, that is commendable before God. You're going to face trials. You're going to face suffering of some kind. You're going to be in pain at some point in your life. But what else do we see here in these passages concerning Jesus Christ and the subject of pain? Well, number one. Jesus never promises to insulate us from pain, but promises he will always be with us. He will always be there as the great advocate. 
He will always be there to ever live to make intercession for us. He strengthens, empowers, and helps us when we're going through this pain. Listen, friend, we who once were astray, he tells us that now we have returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. I want you to think about those two powerful words, those descriptions of who our Jesus is, a shepherd and an overseer. Think about that. Meditate on it. Shepherd, he cares, he tends, he leads us in the more fertile fields, greener pastures. As an overseer, he is our ultimate guardian, one who watches over our welfare. Amen, folks. Jesus is our ever-present comforter. Number two, as Peter says, we need to follow in his steps. That is, to be humble. Don't assign blame. Don't insult people who hurt you or harm you. Don't try to retaliate. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But what did he do? In those moments, he committed himself to him who judges righteously. And finally, friend, the thing that we learn here too is that when you suffer, when you experience pain, you turn to God. You commit yourself to Him who judges righteously. You turn to God in prayer. You ask God, what can I learn from this painful experience? What can I accomplish? Friend, we need to know that Jesus is our ever-present comforter. Will you not turn to Him and receive that help that you need now more than any time in your life, friend? Isaiah chapter 51 verse 12 puts it like this. I, even I, am He who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die and of the Son of Man who will be made? like grass we are surrounded by the great and ever-present comforter turn to him now friend and that's our study for this broadcast well amen to that amen to the fact that we have jesus christ our ever-present comforter amen glory Hallelujah. And now, folks, we have the conclusion to name that Bible character. Here was your clue. I shot Absalom through the heart with three darts. Who am I? Joab. 2 Samuel 18, 14, and 15. Then said Joab, I may not tarry thus with thee. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. I shot Absalom through the heart with three darts. Who am I? Joab. And name that Bible character. (laughs) 
Well, folks, you too can become a follower of the greatest movement ever, follower of Jesus Christ by submitting your life to him in repentance and baptism. You will be blessed beyond measure, more than you could ever deserve or imagine. My goal here is very simple. That was to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Visit our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I just want to let you know, thank you so much for joining my show. It's been a privilege and an honor. May God bless you. This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise. All that I adore is in you. my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, Every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. you my soul I live for